Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. Today we are going to look at moving mountains. Those mountains that we have the power and authority to move. Now this is not some Christian magic that if we attach the name of Jesus to our desires, it shall be done. No. It is not a self-centred doctrine where you name it and claim it. No. It is about the heart of God the Father, through Jesus the Son, and by His Spirit, in His name, all to the glory of God the Father. Before we begin, Let us surrender our preconceived ideas in prayer. Heavenly Father, we lay down any preconceived ideas of what we think, even what we believe, and we let you open our eyes to see more of you, and open our ears to hear more of you, and open our minds and hearts to know and experience more of you. And all this to your glory, Father. By your Spirit, in the precious name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So before we go to today's text, let us look at the context. It is a time when Jesus had already given his disciples his power and authority over all demons and his power and authority to cure all diseases. Jesus sent them out on a training mission to preach and teach on the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The disciples of Jesus went through the towns and they were preaching the good news and healings were everywhere. Upon return, they reported back that even the demons were subjected to them. And as they journeyed with Jesus, they had already seen and experienced his miracles. Nine of the twelve disciples remained in the valley, and three disciples, Peter, James and John, went with Jesus up to the mountaintop. As they were experiencing intimacy with Jesus and the Father up on the mountain, another drama was taking place down in the valley with the nine disciples. A desperate father had brought his epileptic son to the nine disciples to be cured. Sadly, the disciples in the valley could not cure him. And this is a vivid picture of a powerless church. Disciples knowing of Jesus, doing life with Jesus, thinking they are diligently following him, yet they are experiencing no transformation from within their own hearts and minds. As a result, they become spiritually dry remaining in bondage to their selfish desires. I know how this feels and what it looks like, for I've been there. Being spiritually dry and trapped in selfish desires is no place for a disciple of Jesus to live, for Jesus came to set us free and give us life everlasting. As the disciples journey with Jesus toward Jerusalem, They are ignorant of God's divine plan, that is, that his only Son 
Jesus, the Christ whom they are following, has to suffer, has to die, and will be resurrected and brought back to life. As they're walking along, the disciples have conflict with each other and others. They argue amongst themselves as to which one of them is greater. There are times when they forbid children to be blessed by Jesus and they want to bring divine judgment upon an unresponsive village. The selfish desires of humanity, together with the work of God, is a very dangerous mix. So the disciples down in the valley could not heal the boy. Conflict and chaos arise. The religious scoff and cause a dispute. The father of the boy, his only son, remains desperate. Amongst accusations and unbelief, scepticism and cynicism, failure and shame, Jesus walks in and everything changes. Matthew chapter 17 verses 14 to 21 And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This account is in three of the four Gospels. In Mark's version, we have more detail of Jesus' interaction with the crowd and the father of the boy. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were greatly amazed. The father believes Jesus can do anything, yet asks Jesus to help his unbelief. The father's unbelief was not whether he believed Jesus could heal. His unbelief was the shame of the community he felt, not knowing whether Jesus would be willing to have compassion on him and heal his boy like the rest. Jesus is greater than the Father's belief or unbelief, shame or pride. For healing and deliverance is the very reason why Jesus had come. In Matthew's account that we just read, Jesus asked the scribes what they were discussing with his disciples. Then in desperation, The father of the epileptic boy came and kneeling before Jesus said, Lord, 
Have mercy on my son. The father explains his son's condition and what he is experiencing with those fits and that he often falls into the fire or water. Jesus' response in verse 17 says, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Interestingly, Jesus does not specifically chastise his disciples, especially in public and in front of the scribes. Instead, Jesus turns to the generation of people that is seeing, experiencing, and partaking of the miracles and declares, you still do not believe and trust in God and his desire to heal. Not only are they a faithless generation, but Jesus says perverse. And perverse is knowingly distort, corrupt, or misinterpret God and his truth. This is serious stuff, it's horrible, and it's roots in evil. Knowing the truth and corrupting it to prevent others from knowing is the yeast of the scribes and the Pharisees that Jesus warns us against. They knew Jesus was who he was, yet they continually tried to undermine God and Jesus. Jesus warns us against such bondage. Yet even in this environment, Jesus is greater. In amongst such faithlessness and perversity, Jesus says to the Father, Bring him to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it left the boy that very hour. So the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked why they could not cast it out. Let us read again Jesus' response to his disciples in verse 20 to 21. So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. All because of the disciples' unbelief in God. They had been given the power and authority, yet still they had not yet surrendered their selfish desires and ambitions. Leaning on their own ability that they had been given the power to heal, instead of leaning on the one who gave them that ability. The disciples' lack of surrender of self and trust in God had blocked them from operating in the fullness of the power and authority that Jesus had given them. They thought they were the ones doing the healing, so they reasoned. They did it before, they could do it again and again and again, However, it is God himself who does the healing. He simply gives us a part of his wonders. 
The character of faith that moves mountains of difficulties in this life is of Jesus. Removing mountains is a Jewish figure of speech for insurmountable difficulties. Mountains appear to the eye as the most stable of things. Yet Jesus said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. In comparison to the mountainous difficulties of this life, the mustard seed is minuscule. It is tiny. Yet nothing is impossible for God and for those who are one with him. It is not the size of the faith that matters, nor the size of the mountain. It is the size and heart of God that moves mountains. The one in whom we trust and believe. Faith in God as small as a mustard seed is powerful, solid, firm and a concrete reality. We don't often see faith this way, but if we believe and trust in God's certainty, then the power and authority he has given us becomes our reality. Belief in God is foundational and accepting his right to rule and reign. Our faith does not create reality. The power is not in the faith, but in the God in whom we have trust and believe. The reality of who he is, what he has done, and will do. There is an infinite supply from God. Jesus adds, This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Prayer in this context is engaging with the living God, being one with him, and by implication in a heart condition of worship. In the original language of the text, prayer is linked to worship. We miss what prayer really is. Yet Jesus often went alone to pray and be intimate with the Father, and he knew all things. Prayer was the sweet communion. Luke chapter 6 Verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. The exact same word that has been translated as prayer is also used when Jesus rebukes the money changers in the temple and declares in Mark chapter 11, verse 17. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. May all we do be out of a place of worship and wonder of him. Remember Jesus had just come down from the mountaintop, a place where his Father, God our Father in heaven, came down and spoke to the three disciples that were there with Jesus in his presence. Jesus led that same three down into the valley where he would bring healing and deliverance to a lost and dying world. 
Jesus also includes fasting in his statement about the kind of bondage that the boy needed to be free from. Fasting is a condition of the heart. It is not some self-denial ritual to change circumstances. For throughout both the Old and New Testament, the act of fasting, that is, denying of food, out of the right motive was always to seek God and His will. Fasting is primarily linked to humility and worship before Him. The surrender of self opens up the heart and mind to receive more of Him. Be transformed by Him from the inside out. He enables us to hear from Him and know His will and walk in His ways. One instance in the Old Testament was in Ezra, chapter 8, verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river by Ahiah, that we might humble ourselves before our God, to seek from him the right way for us, and our little ones, and all our possessions. Intimacy comes from spending time together. The disciples on the mountaintop with Jesus fell to their knees heard the voice of God the Father, and were humbled. Jesus raised them up and they saw only him. Out of realisation comes humility. Out of humility comes honour. In the early church, fasting and prayer was closely linked to serving the Lord through ministering to others. Acts chapter 13, verses 2 to 3. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Prayer and fasting is not to get God to do what we want. It is not declaring things of self-will into existence. It is seeking Him, His will, His face, out of a place of surrender and worship. To know Him and His heart, and as a result trust in Him. Trust in who He is, for He is compassionate and willing to heal. Human efforts cannot accomplish the work of God in this world. However, through faith and trust in Him, journeying with Him, knowing His heart and will, worshipping and honouring Him in surrender to Him and His right to rule and reign, by His Spirit, the bondage of selfishness has no place. By his spirit through his transforming power, we will live in the concrete reality of who he is and the power and authority he has given to us will be realised. From that place only, the mountains move. Praise his mighty name. For more information and free resources, visit our website jesuslovestheworld.info Be blessed, empowered and transformed in Jesus' name.